What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. We've got a lot to cover, so we'll just jump right into it. So the big news of the day is that the Toronto Blue Jays are going home. They are going home back to Toronto. They've received a national interest exemption to return to Canada on July 30th for their homestand against the Royals. That's exactly two weeks from now. It's going to be the first game in their home ballpark in nearly two full calendar years. I mean, border closures due to the pandemic, that's what's kept the Jays from returning home in either of the past two seasons. I mean, they played the abbreviated season last year in Buffalo. This year they began in Dunedin before relocating to Buffalo. And yeah, this this July 30th is going to be one of the more momentous dates in recent Jays history. And um, so after that three-game set against the Royals that weekend, they're going to host series against the Indians, Red Sox, and Angels through mid-August. And then in their final homestand in Buffalo, quote-unquote homestand in Buffalo, this weekend they have the Rangers, and then early next week they have the Red Sox. They have a seven-game road trip, then it's going to be up to the six. So, I mean, they're going to have strict rules in place. I mean, the like the Canadian government is pretty strict about COVID restrictions. I mean, the fact that they're just opening up now kind of reflects that. But players, are, oh, not just players, teams, everyone, players and team personnel, everyone coming to Toronto will have pre- and post-arrival testing, so before they travel to Toronto and after they arrive at Toronto. And then unvaccinated players and team personnel will receive an additional four tests each week. And then also unvaccinated individuals are going to have to undergo a modified quarantine, which means they can't leave the Rogers Center or the hotel attached to it. So very similar to how the Blue Jays quarantined during summer camp last summer. There's the Rogers Center, there's a hotel right next to it, but you can't go out to like a restaurant or you can't you know, go out outside that complex, basically. That's for unvaccinated individuals. So that's, that's what's going to be going on in Toronto. Uh, but at least there is going to be baseball up in the six now. So, yeah, that's, I mean, one one thing, one good thing that, come, that came out of this is that there were a lot of renovations made to the stadium in Buffalo um, and the one in Dean too, I guess, but re- mainly the one in Buffalo, which was formerly a triple-A field. And most of those are going to be permanent now. So, like, now the, the you know, the Buffalo Bisons, their triple-A team is going to have, you know, upgraded Upgraded lighting. I know lighting was one of them, and I'm sure there are other things too, like uh, the clubhouse and things like that, moving forward. So that's pretty cool. Good for the minor leaguers that are going to be playing there in the future. So moving on, we're going to head to Chicago. So Chris Bryant is on the trade block, folks. He's on the trade block. Uh, it was it was reported that yeah, he and Craig Kimbrell are are going to be dangled in trade talks. The Cubs are going to be selling because they don't really have a chance. And there are going to be plenty of suitors for the former NL MVP and Chris Bryant. He might actually be the top player traded over these next two weeks. The Nationals are interested in Chris Bryant, but they're not alone. Um, the New York Mets are also interested. And, yeah, I mean, that's that's going to happen, right? Obviously, you have a, a guy who's having a great year. Former MVP. I mean, I don't like saying that. I don't like always saying former MVP. It's more of like, how good are you now? And he's good now. I mean, I, I have given Chris Bryant a hard time over the past couple of seasons because he hasn't been what 
we expected from from him. But this year he's bounced back. I mean, compared to last season, uh, he he's really bounced back. His OPS plus one thirty three on the year, right in line with his career OPS plus one thirty four. He's got you know sixteen homers and forty six RBIs, two seventy one average. He's doing well. He's doing well. He's doing well. So all these National League teams are interested in him, meaning the Washington Nationals, the New York Mets are interested as well. But um, yeah, the Nats haven't been shy about trying to make a playoff push whenever that opportunity presents itself. I mean, they're, they're you don't think they're going to be in it because they actually entered tonight's games with a 42-47 record, but they're six games back of the Mets, although they do have the Phillies and Braves also ahead of them. But they're in a division where no teams have separated themselves from the pack. And they have a difficult three-game series with the Padres this weekend. But then they have the Marlins and Orioles next week, which could give them some opportunity to make us some ground in the standings. But if the Nats do try to add to their big league roster in the coming weeks, third base is an obvious area to upgrade. Absolutely. And Chris Bryant would be the best option there. Speaking of which... Uh, we'll stay in the NL East. There was a trade. There was a trade I, I did not mention. Jock Peterson was traded to the to, no, from the Chicago Cubs to the Atlanta Braves yesterday. So the Braves are going for it. Actually, I may have mentioned this. I, I don't remember. Apologies if I did. But, um, yeah, so the Braves are going for it because they know that this guy can hit right-handed pitching. But... You just lost Ronald Acuna Jr. in the outfield due to a torn ACL. Peterson has a lot of center field experience in his career, although he's most likely going to be a corner outfielder for the Braves. But you need a bat in that outfield, right? And you can platoon Peterson with someone who is a right-handed hitter, so now they just need to go out and get a right-handed hitter. Um, But that's the first step of things. At least you know Jock Peterson can mash against right-handed pitching. Right-handed pitching. So... That's that's that. That's that as far as the National League East goes. The Mariners' Evan White is undergoing season-ending hip surgery. Um, he's their first baseman, gold-glove caliber first baseman. That's a bummer because the Mariners actually do see themselves in contention right now, which is kind of, you know, unusual for us to say. But, yeah, the Mariners are hoping to maybe shock some people. I mean, it's, it, it is a bit of a stretch, but losing Evan White to season ending hip surgery is a bummer. I mean, this kind of procedure could have a longer-term impact than just this season because it's a hip issue. Um, obviously, the surgery is supposed to correct that, but it could take a while for players to fully adjust and recover from that. I mean, look what happened to Buster Posey. This dude had hip surgery late in the 2018 season, and he didn't look right the entire 2019 you look right until now, right? Like, like you know, two plus years later. So, this is a rough development for White. He is 25 years old, but he only has 84 games under his belt at the major league level. He hasn't really hit much, but, I mean, he won a gold glove as a rookie. So, hopefully he can get healthy, but we'll see what that does for him, what that surgery does for him, and uh, he, if he can be useful coming out of it so that's the news for today folks that's going to do it if you enjoyed this please share with someone who'd be interested and we'll see you next time on baseball connection